The Buffalo Bills extended both head coach Sean McDermott and general manager Brandon Bean through 2027 and promoted defensive line coach Eric Washington to assistant head coach. And folks, I have plenty to say about all of that today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Well, folks, it wouldn't be me trying to get away on a vacation with my family at the beach without some sort of big, major Buffalo Bills news coming through. Most recently, the announcement of extensions for general manager Brandon Bean and head coach Sean McDermott, which will be the focus of our conversation today. But if you guys remember a couple of years ago, I was at the beach with my family and the big Josh Allen contract extension came through. So I guess I should just learn to know that when I go to the beach, the Bills are going to make a major move that's going to require me to um, have some analysis and some thoughts about it. Now, fortunately, the extension for Bean and McDermott happened on Friday, and it gave me a little bit of a window here to be able to get back and get home and gather my thoughts and deliver this podcast for you. But that's what we're doing today. We're talking about this decision that the Bills made to stay the course with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. We'll finish up with some conversation around Eric Washington and his promotion to assistant head coach. So as you know, McDermott being both of their contracts have been extended through the 2027 season. Now, the focus of this conversation today is going to be a lot more on Sean McDermott than Brandon Bean. A little over a week ago, I actually did an entire episode with Greg Thompson of Cover One evaluating Brandon Bean, and we really broke him down. And so today, I really want to focus in on the Sean McDermott piece of this, who was previously signed through 2025. This new extension adds two years to his current deal. And folks, it's been a weird stretch, a very weird stretch of strange narratives surrounding Sean McDermott, including some reports saying that he was on the hot seat this season and it was a make or break year for him. None of that ever made any sense. None at all. I felt like what people were doing was feasting on a very passionate fan base in Bills Mafia that cares about everything regarding the team. Feasting on a dead period of the NFL calendar, right? Mini camps are over. It's that dead period between camp or, or end of mini camp and start of training camp. The big story coming out of mini camp was the Stefan Diggs stuff. And that's not just for the Buffalo Bills, but literally for the entire NFL. And that was the hot topic. And somehow this got twisted into 
Sean McDermott being on the hot seat, folks, that never made any sense. That's why we never talked about it here on this podcast. I love how the Bills came out and announced these extensions when they did, and there was absolutely intentionality behind when they made this announcement. Ian Rappaport, NFL insider, confirmed that in a tweet on Friday after him sharing the news that Bean and McDermott have been extended through 2027. He quote tweeted himself and said, these contracts announced today have actually been done for some time. Besides properly compensating McDermott and Bean, this also puts them in line contractually linking their deals to the same year. These guys have accomplished a lot in Buffalo, a lot. Six full seasons to this point. Sean McDermott, 62 and 35 as head coach of the Bills. That's a 639 winning percentage, best in franchise history. Better than Lou Saban, better than Marv Levy. Sean McDermott's coached the Bills to the playoffs in five of those six seasons. And in case you forgot, the Bills missed the playoffs in each of the 17 years prior to Sean McDermott being the head coach. Oh, by the way, two of those six seasons, 2017 and 2019, did it without elite quarterback play. 2017, Tyrod Taylor, who, I mean, the Bills were abysmal throwing the football that year. Playoff team. 2019, Josh Allen, still a pretty young, immature quarterback in the NFL. Got him to the postseason. Now, the last two years, or the last three years, excuse me, he's had elite caliber quarterback play, but twice he's gotten a team to the playoffs without top-tier quarterback play. Sean McDermott has coached the Bills to three consecutive AFC East division titles. They hadn't won one previously since 1995. So from 1995 until 2020, the Bills were division titleless. The Bills have advanced to the divisional round of the playoffs in each of the past three seasons under Sean McDermott. When was the last time that happened? The divisional rounds, not since the Super Bowl years. What, 93? And the Bills and the Chiefs are the only two teams in the NFL that can say they've been to the divisional round in each of the last three seasons. Over the last three seasons, Sean McDermott and the Bills are 37-12. and 12. Only team better in the NFL is Kansas City at 40-10. and 10. The next closest to the Bills, Green Bay at 34-16. and 16. The Bills have had four consecutive double-digit win seasons under Sean McDermott. The only ever time that that's been done in franchise history, 1990 through 1993. Sean McDermott has had a major hand in changing everything about the Buffalo Bills who were perpetual losers prior to his arrival. 17 years in a row, no playoffs. You remember this team had to overspend to get average players in free agency. Good draft picks, those players got out of town as quickly as possible. Now, Von Miller wants to be a Buffalo Bill. Josh Allen is on the face of Madden. The Bills are getting bargain bin free agents, guys that could get a lot more money elsewhere. They sign with the Bills. Leonard Floyd, Puna Ford, they want to be in Buffalo. 
And I'll tell you what, I couldn't be happier to stay on this course. Now, there's a lot more to unpack in the following segments. But to close out the first segment, I just want to state kind of personally, I've never had <laughs> I've never had more joy rooting for the Buffalo Bills than I have under Sean McDermott. Breaking the playoff drought. I mean, that's one of those moments that you'll never forget as a fan. That drama, winning in Miami, the Bengals taking care of the Ravens, the look on Kyle Williams' face. That stuff is special. Seeing Josh Allen develop under Sean McDermott's coaching, right? I know that you can give credit to Brian Dable or whatever you want to do, but Sean McDermott's a head coach. Watching the Bills develop, organizationally develop one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best players in the league. The Thanksgiving wins, primetime wins. I remember a point in my life where I dreaded the Bills playing on primetime because I was embarrassed. I didn't want the rest of the nation to watch my favorite football team and them look bad. Now the Bills are on primetime. I can't wait because they're going to put on a show. Not just Josh Allen's development, but guys like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and Trey White, Stephon Diggs, winning playoff games. That didn't happen. Bills hadn't won playoff games since what, like 93 prior to Sean McDermott's arrival. Beat the Colts. Remember that? They had the ball. Andy did with the chance at the end. Dramatic finish. The Ravens, Taron Johnson pick six. The Patriots game, the perfect game on offense. Are you kidding me? I have had so much fun being a Buffalo Bills fan with Sean McDermott as the head coach, and I am very happy to stay the course. And I'm going to break that down for you a lot more in the next segment, have some big-time talking points to get into here. After I tell you about FanDuel, folks, baseball season is in full swing, and there's simply no better place to get in on the action than over at FanDuel. America's number one sports book because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's a thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. And folks, I love betting over at FanDuel. It's a safe, secure, easy to use website. They have great promotions every day. And it's not just baseball right now, but the football's futures bets are available for you. So whether you want to get on some of the player props, right? Rushing stats, receiving stats, passing stats. Win totals, betting the over-under on projected win totals for teams. The awards, you can get in on those odds. So much good stuff over at America's number one sportsbook. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. It's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, I want to unpack now why... I'm happy the Bills are staying the course outside of the obvious resume, incredible resume, unprecedented resume that Sean McDermott has assembled to this point as head coach. But I know one of the big questions, right, that I've seen in in the response to this from some people is why now? Why right now? Well, first of all, I'd, I'd immediately point back to everything I just referenced in the previous segment. But some would say, well, wait and see what happens this year. To which I would respond with, what data, what significant data is coming this year that would make you really want to make a change at head coach? Do the Bills completely bomb the season? And if they do, which I don't think is going to happen, if they do, 
and it's not a major injury, Josh Allen's healthy, you know, that type of stuff. Is that even enough to really move on despite all the stuff we've already mentioned? If he's your guy, he's your guy. Some would point to, well, Sean McDermott needs to win more in the playoffs. He has to have more success in the playoffs. And I get it. There's an anxiety coming from some fans that skews their perspective on McDermott. We so badly want the Super Bowl, right? We want it so bad. And we feel like this team, the Bills, have all the right ingredients in terms of a roster, a top-tier quarterback. They're battle-tested. They've been through things. They've been through adversity as a team. Like It feels like this is a team that can go do it. But the Bills have won in the playoffs under Sean McDermott, and they've done so consistently. They've won at least one playoff game in each of the last three seasons. You know who can say they've done that? The Bills and the Chiefs, that's it. No other team in the league has won at least a playoff game in each of the last three years. You're going to point to the playoff losses. I get it. 13 seconds, 27 to 10 loss to the Bengals in Buffalo. AFC Championship game, unraveling against Houston. Nobody mentions Jacksonville, right? I mean, what was that, a 10 to 7 loss in Jacksonville to a team that lost in the AFC Championship game, probably should have won the AFC Championship game, played them 10 to 7? But I would ask this question, have the Bills' playoff losses been more circumstantial or a lack of capacity to get the job done? I would argue those playoff losses are decisively circumstantial and not a lack of capacity. And I think that's a critical distinguishment to make. People are going to point back to 13 seconds, especially after Michael Lombardi came out and got everyone fired up. He came out and said, Sean McDermott took over the play calling with 13 seconds left against Kansas City. Now that report was immediately proved erroneous by both Tim Graham and Benjamin Albright, who I trust a whole lot more than Michael Lombardi. But I'm going to let you in on a secret that really isn't a secret. Regardless of who called the plays with 13 seconds left against Kansas City, Sean McDermott has always been responsible for all of it. He's responsible for all of it, whether he called the plays or not. Specifically regarding 13 seconds, the non-squig kick, right? The defensive play calls. You either had a change of possession after a score, right? The kickoff. Or you call the timeout before the plays that got Kansas City into field goal range. And McDermott had ample opportunity to influence all of that. And they got it wrong. I'm never going to defend Sean McDermott for 13 seconds. Go back and listen to my post-game analysis. I said repeatedly that Sean McDermott failed the football team. But the bottom line, 13 seconds, whatever you want to point to, it's always his fault. He's the head coach. He's responsible for all of it, and that includes when it goes right, which is the overwhelming majority of the time. I want the Super Bowl bad, too but I think these guys have the capacity to do it. Love this tweet from Aaron Quinn. Cover one at Aaron Quinn, 716, friend of the show. He's been on several times. Aaron recently tweeted out, there have been 518 NFL head coaches, 
14 have won multiple Super Bowls. That's 2.7% of coaches. 21 have won a single Super Bowl. That's 4% of coaches. It's hard and it's rare. But I believe these guys can do it. One of the most ridiculous talking points, the most shallow and least interesting talking point that I hear regarding Sean McDermott being the head coach of the Bills and maximizing Josh Allen is that somehow because he has a defensive background that it's limiting the team, which I say is complete nonsense. It seems like the preference out there is to have an offensive-minded head coach. But I would ask a question based on what? Based on what? It's certainly not history. It's certainly not recent history. There's no data that you can point to that tells me that it's better to have an offensive-minded head coach. Now, let me point to two pieces of information that I think are critical in this conversation about offensive-minded head coaches and defensive-minded head coaches. Let's start by looking at the longest-tenured NFL head coaches. There are nine coaches, that's it, in the NFL that have been with their team for five or more seasons. Five or more seasons already completed. There's nine coaches. What are their names? Well, Bill Belichick, Patriots, 23 seasons. Defensive-minded. Number two, Mike Tomlin, Steelers, 16 seasons. Defensive-minded. John Harbaugh, Ravens, 15 seasons. Special teams. Pete Carroll, number four, Seahawks, 13 seasons, defensive-minded. Oh, here we go, Andy Reid, Chiefs, 10 seasons, offensive-minded. Sean McDermott, Bills, six seasons, defenses-minded. Sean McVay, Rams, okay, another offensive-minded, six seasons. Kyle Shanahan, 49ers, six seasons, another offensive-minded guy. Mike Vrabel, number nine, Titans, five seasons. Nine coaches in the entire NFL have been with their team for five or more seasons, only three of those nine are offensive-minded coaches. The other six are not. That's pretty meaningful. So all these offensive-minded coaches that everybody wants, they ain't sticking around. It's the defensive-minded ones, the non-offensive-minded ones that are the longest tenured very clearly in the NFL right now. Here's another really interesting item. In 2022, the NFL head coaches that added the most win probability to their team based on in-game decisions. We're going to work through this list. These are the coaches in 2022 that added the most win probability to their team based on in-game decisions, which include fourth down decisions, two-point conversion decisions, first-half timeouts, second-half timeouts, and delay of game. You're not going to see great representation again here from offensive-minded head coaches. There were six that were above 21% in terms of added win probability for the 2022 season. Nick Sirianni, number one, 70.5%. Eagles, he's offensive-minded. Number two, Sean McDermott. His decisions, 51.6% win probability added to the Bills based on Sean McDermott's in-game decision-making. He's defensive-minded. Number three, Dan Campbell with the Lions, 45.2%. He's offensive-minded. Number four, Brandon Staley, Chargers, 39.7%. Defensive-minded. Number five, Matt Eberflus, Bears, 32.2%. Defensive-minded. John Harbaugh, Ravens, 29.8% special teams. 
Nobody else is above 21.1%. So only two of the six coaches in the NFL last year that added more than 21% win probability of their team were offensive-minded. Tell me more about why a defensive-minded head coach is somehow ruining the Bills' opportunity to maximize their window with Josh Allen. It makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. Because the longest-tenured head coaches in the NFL are defensive-minded. A lot of Super Bowls there. Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, Carroll. Super Bowls, right? Yeah, Andy Reid's won a couple recently. Sean McVay, congrats. How about that Kyle Shanahan guy? Bright offensive mind. He's been the reason a lot of times that that team hasn't maximized their ability to win. The data, the data doesn't tell you that you have to be offensive-minded to maximize your window with the star quarterback. The other thing that just drives me crazy about the Sean McDermott conversation is the name Marty Schottenheimer. You can completely miss me with the Marty Schottenheimer conversation. First of all, completely different styles, right? Everybody knows Marty Ball, right? Marty Ball, conservative, run the football, very basic, non-aggressive passing game. That's not McDermott in any way. McDermott throws the ball all the time, and he's one of the most aggressive decision makers in the entire NFL year after year and has no interest in being committed to the running game and a very aggressive passing game. Marty Schottenheimer had five playoff wins in 21 seasons as an NFL head coach. Sean McDermott has four playoff wins in six seasons as an NFL head coach. Not close. Now let's actually look at the situations that Marty Schottenheimer coached in and what happened after they fired him, right? Because he wasn't going to be able to win in the playoffs. Started with the Cleveland Browns. Last season with the Browns was 1988. The three seasons prior to him getting fired, 1986, 12 and 4, 1987, 10 and 5, 1988, 10 and 6, fired. They hired Bud Carson, who went 9, 6 and 1 in the next season after. And then following Schottenheimer's dismissal in 1988, the Browns have had five seasons with a winning record since until present day. They've only had three seasons since 1988 with double-digit wins, but the last three seasons that Marty Schottenheimer was there had double-digit wins. Didn't really work out moving on from Marty Schottenheimer. About the Chiefs, and he goes to the Chiefs. His last season with the Chiefs was 1998. He was with Kansas City for 10 seasons. Made the playoffs eight times. Six double-digit winning seasons. After he was fired, they made the playoffs in, excuse me, he missed the, they missed the playoffs in each of the next four seasons following his dismissal. He went there eight times in 10 seasons, and then KC missed the playoffs in each of the four seasons following his dismissal. They only made the playoffs twice in the next 11 seasons. Made it eight out of 10 with Marty Schottenheimer. You know, by the way, he was replaced by Hall of Famer Dick Vermeil was the coach in Kansas City immediately following Schottenheimer, who made the playoffs once in five seasons. So they did the thing you want the Bills to do. Not you, some people. Sean McDermott's Marty, Marty Schottenheimer. Fire him and get an offensive-minded coach. Chiefs did that. Got Dick Vermeil. Went to the playoffs once in five years after they went eight in ten years with Schottenheimer. 
He was with Washington for one season. That's not worth talking about. And he goes to the Chargers. Last season with the Chargers was 2006. Last three seasons with the Chargers, Marty Schottenheimer, they go 12 and 4, 9 and 7, 14 and 2. He gets fired after 14 and 2. Now, despite having prime Phillip Rivers after Schottenheimer's departure, the Chargers have had four double-digit winning seasons in the 16 years since they moved on from Schottenheimer, and they had two in the last three years with Schottenheimer. Careful what you wish for, folks. Be careful what you wish for. And here's the big one. Like I think this is something that maybe not a lot of people are acknowledging, but I'll acknowledge right here. What would concern me the most about moving on from Sean McDermott is Terry Pagula leading that coaching search. Now, Terry Pagula gets all kinds of credit for hiring Sean McDermott. Great move. But have you looked at the other coaches this man has hired with the Bills and the Sabres? Let's start with the Bills. He's only hired one other coach. His name is Rex Ryan. Should I say more? An absolute clown. But Rex Ryan sat in front of Terry Pagula and convinced him to hire him as the head coach unfathomable to me. Look at the Sabres. Pagula takes over as the owner of the Sabres in 2011. He fires Lindy Ruff in 2013 after he signed him to a contract extension in 2011, just a couple months after becoming the owner. Then they have Ron Rolston, who was the interim head coach. They remove the interim label. He gets the permanent label. He lasts 20 games and gets fired. Then he hires Ted Nolan, Dan Bilsma, that seemed like a pretty good hire. It didn't really work out. I, I understood that one. Phil Housley, that was not great. Ralph Kruger, what is this guy? He was a soccer coach. Hires him to be the head coach of a hockey team. I don't even know that much about hockey, but I can tell you that doesn't sound smart to me. And Don Granado, who's the coach right now. We'll see how that goes. But 12 seasons, seven coaches with the Sabres. I don't really want Terry Pagula leading a coaching search when I know that I have Sean McDermott already in the mix. So folks, I'm happy to stay the course. Very happy to stay the course as I've outlined in the first 25, 26 minutes of this conversation. I want to talk about Eric Washington being promoted to assistant head coach right after a very, very quick break. All right, welcome back. I want to talk about Eric Washington's promotion to assistant head coach. Uh, but first, I'd like to tell you about and invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community something fairly new that we're offering. And if you'd like to join, there's a link in the show notes for today. So if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're consuming this podcast, click on the show notes and you'll see a link to join. Here's what you get. First of all, my favorite part is one-on-one -on -one text conversations with me. I've loved that part, answering questions, getting to know the listeners better, sharing more of myself with you guys. That's been really, really cool. Priority for herd mentality episodes. We have some exclusive content. You get my first reaction to all major Bills news. So when the Bills announced Eric Washington as assistant head coach or the extensions for Bean and McDermott, the dig stuff, the signing of Floyd and, and Puna Ford, all that stuff, I sent out a subtext to all of the subscribers uh, as my first reaction. We've done a giveaway, and it's been really, really cool. So check it out. Again, a link to join in today's show notes. It's been really fun. Again, nothing changes with the normal delivery of this podcast. It's just an extra layer of engagement for anybody who might want it. All right, let's close with some quick thoughts on the Bills' promotion of Eric Washington to assistant head coach, who's been the defensive line coach since 2020, um, and now he's added 
assistant head coach to his responsibilities for this year and moving forward. I find this to be a very logical move. Eric Washington is familiar with Sean McDermott. They have time together uh, with the Panthers 2011 through 2017, a couple more years together with the Bills. They had an open position with Leslie Frazier previously holding the title of assistant head coach, and Eric Washington now gets that label. I think it's good to see coaches advancing and being developed in-house. I think you've seen a lot of that, whether it's been now Eric Washington, Matthew Smiley, who was originally on the staff with McDermott. He's gotten himself to the point of being the special teams coordinator, and the Bills had the number one special teams in the NFL last year. Ken Dorsey going from quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator. Austin Gunn uh, was uh, an assistant. Now he's the assistant offensive line coach. John Butler has advanced to passing game coordinator on defense. We've seen Mark Lubbock really climb the climb the ranks, and that's good. You want to see that type of stuff. And um, I think it's good. Like we we probably don't observe that enough, seeing how coaches and executives can grow within a facility, right? And and you're seeing that with the Bills. But Eric Washington, you know, I, I think some people are down on Eric Washington. I think that's obviously rooted in some of the disappointment with the Bills' defensive line. There's some things that I would say about that. I mean, Eric Washington has a long resume of developing and maximizing defensive linemen. Going back to the Panthers, Charles Johnson, Greg Hardy, Mario Addison, Frank Alexander, Kawan Short, Coney Ely. Uh, early stage star Lotalele, all those guys played their best football under Eric Washington. Really good development from those guys and really unearthing guys like Mario Addison and Frank Alexander and you know, even Greg Hardy, Charles Johnson, a second round pick. All those guys played really well under Eric Washington. Look at the Bills. There's been plenty of good stories here. Greg, Greg Rousseau. Jordan Phillips clearly plays his best football under Eric Washington with the Bills. Harrison Phillips developed and got a nice contract from Minnesota. Shaq Lawson came back, and he's clearly the best football player he can be with the Bills. Ed Oliver has gotten himself to the point where he's, what, a handsomely paid defensive tackle. Daquan Jones, best football of his career with the Bills under Eric Washington. Look at Von Miller. Von Miller continues to look like Von Miller under Eric Washington. And that's one of the things that I pointed to in, I guess, defense of Eric Washington has been just how Von Miller speaks about him. And I, I understand Von Miller's positive about every single thing in the world. But I also pay a lot of attention to what Von Miller doesn't talk about. And he goes out of his way time and time again to, to bring up Coach Eric Washington. And I think that says something. Now, if you want to be disappointed in Eric Washington, you're going to point to Trent Murphy, I guess. Does I mean, is that really on him coming off of an ACL tear? Never really was the same. Boogie Basham, I mean, we'll see. He's entering his third season. AJ Epinesa, well, in his third season, he had six and a half sacks. We'll see. I don't, I don't know that he's been a complete disappointment. He's always had limitations. Vernon Butler, I don't know. That guy's always been pretty bad. So I think that people are just chewing on AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham as some type of like big thing to point to to suggest that Eric Washington isn't a good defensive line coach. I just gave you like. A, a lot of players that are good and played their best football under Eric Washington. So I don't know. I would focus a lot more on that than your disappointment in Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa. 
when I think the book is not fully written on Boogie Basham. I'm not optimistic, but it's not fully written. And then A.J. Epinesa did have a year three emergence with six and a half sacks. We'll see what he can do this year. So there you have it. Eric Washington, the assistant head coach. I think it's a logical move. I'm unconcerned by it. I don't think there's a whole lot of implication to it anyways. But I really wanted to focus on Sean McDermott and his extension and how happy I am that the Bills are staying the course. Um, It just makes sense. I know that we want the Super Bowl. Bad. I get it. But what are you going to do? What what coach? Are you going to hire Andy Reid? Is he available? I don't think he is. You want to hire some other hotshot young offensive mind? Those aren't working out, folks. We just went through it. So hopefully if you were excited about the McDermott extension, you're more excited about it. If you're lukewarm about it, you've got some new information. And if you're mad about it and you're still mad, well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, But it's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. If you listen to this podcast in hopes to agree with me every day, well, that's boring, right? What I want to do here is allow this to be my portfolio of thoughts and share the way that I see things. And I hope that you can appreciate that that comes from a lot of research and a lot of conviction and um, trying to be objective about the way I see things. And if you disagree, that's fine. I, I, like We don't have to agree about everything, but uh, this is the way I see it. This is the way I see it, and I, I'm very happy to stay on the McDermott Dean course in Buffalo. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to get back on track with our comparison of the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. We're going to focus on the defensive side of the football, so don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.